The following episode is brought to you by the generous donations of Laura Pickren, Daryl Delaney, Darren Katzka, Devious Pop-Tart, Irene Viarito, Ryan Royce, Andy Dossett, Danielle Bramhall-Smith, Elizabeth Clark, Eric Whitman, Jessica Smith, Charles Compton, Natasha Rallerson, Richard Cree, The Cam Family, David Scrams, Dustin Troop, Edvarth Arnoff, Michael Clark, Rebecca Gauman, and Shelby Johnson, as well as all of our generous patrons. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play tabletop RPG podcast using the Genesis play system set in the Eberron campaign setting. I am Jeff. I'm Philip. I'm Trevor. I'm Randy. And I'm Eric. And I'm never going to get that intro right. That's uh, all right. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, this is not a regular episode. This is an Eberron Reviewed. We're going to take a moment and go back and talk about the last arc. So if this is your first episode, stop. <laughs> Go back, preferably to the beginning of the campaign. Um, but okay. And we're also in person this time. Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm just... I keep you in my heart, so it's it's like we're never separated. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Yes, we are we are around all the same table for the first time in months. Uh, so we're very yeah. excited about that. That's awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, so this arc was uh, the second in a row that was not official Boromar business. Um, this time, Narn, who is who Hobbs been working with in the Cogs, uh, came to the group and asked for help to stop some abductions slash murders um, slash assaults slash assaults. It just all around bad time for the <laughs> uh, the the immigrants from Droam who have come to the the cogs to Sharn. um we i what anybody can jump in at any time this was a, a fairly quick arc and we don't have a lot of questions so this may be a 30 minute episode we'll see hey, what happens you know, anytime you lead in a re- reviewed with that it's always over an hour i but, you know what i do say <laughs> we always start talking about houseplants for 45 minutes and <laughs> not this time we didn't get a houseplant question i don't, I don't think um anyway <laughs> uh so yeah uh Hob just asks who wants to go, and everybody. This is the first time uh, that Kath and Sana have joined us in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really since the funeral. I, I think. Saying, since since Farouz's death, I believe. Yep. Yeah, um, and Sigil comes a, a, as well, um, and makes it very clear several times that they will be there. And they will not be engaging, and you will not get them to. Do not ask them to. There shall be no combat. And we're all like, Sigil, we all get it. <laughs> We've gotten it for some time. Sigil has like six wounds and zero soak. I mean, <laughs> it makes Milo look hearty. I don't know. I didn't realize they were that. I mean, I, I, I don't have Sigil statted up for combat. I mean, I'm sure I, it's on the character sheet somewhere, but I don't right. know it off the top of my head. Um, Eris would really like to offer to like armor plate 
pieces of Sigil's chassis, but she has the impression that it's not like offering to make someone a suit of armor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she has just that much tact. Yes, just enough to realize it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like plastic surgery. Right, yeah. 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 No, that's, that's not quite something you just offer. I don't know. I got a trunk full of Botox if anyone wants it. <laughs> a trunk? <laughs> not in my car truck, like an old-timey... Oh, like a yeah. Yeah. truck. <laughs> Right. Take it with you from town to town. <laughs> now I'm on board. This is stupid. Um, yeah, so we go to the. We go, hang on, let's give Philip a moment. <laughs> we, we go to the Cogs. And we meet with Smith, who. This is not the first time we've met Smith, right? No, this is the first time you've met, met Smith. Smith. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Doesn't matter. We met a friend of Sigil's who was worried about Sigil. That's right. And their name was... It did also start with an S, I think. But, but, but you're it right. Was that is Smith. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. And Jeff Roll played that character. That's right. I so should have remembered her name, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't think I gave him the name. I think... I, I gave him a name. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I totally forgot that I had done that. Yeah. Boy. Broken brain. Um... <laughs> We get to the Cogs. We meet with Smith. Smith kind of fills us in on some of what's been going on. We don't have a real clear picture of what's been going on until it's done, basically. Uh, refers us to a half-troll. Uh, was that renamed? Uh, I don't know if they gave you a name. Okay. Um, whose brother was attacked. We get a chance to talk to the brother. Brother's name was Jessup, but we yes. I don't think we got a name for... The injured troll's name was Jessup. I don't think we got a name for the rest of his fam of of his family. Um, we get some more. I mean, okay, I'll I'll just shoot straight with you. The the listeners picked up on it way more quickly than I did. Uh, that that this was a war forged that we were going to be fighting. <laughs> and at this point in the recording, I was like, oh, another war forged. Cool. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight another big thing. This is what Jeff was doing. Jeff was thinking, neat. That's it. That's all Jeff thought. Jeff stopped thinking there. Whereas the listeners, after the, like ten seconds of thinking about, it, were like, "Oh man, they're gonna fight the Ram again." I did not get there. Did you get? You guys got there. I'm just. I did. Huh? I did. And I barely pay attention. Why <laughs> like, yeah. Once it was a large thing, I was thinking either the Ram or the lizard monster that we yeah. ran away See, from. I was actually thinking the lizard monster for a long time until we got like it's it's some kind of warforged. Yeah, like once yeah, it's I was armored. thinking the lizard as well yeah. for sure. I thought the lizard at first too because we definitely left a giant lizard monster in the sewers. So you yeah, know. And, well, the other thing is there's been no short like <laughs> we I've, I've been I've joked about it, but it is a fact. Like I built Hob thinking this will be fun because it'll be the biggest thing within a hundred miles. And let every arc we find something or someone that is as big or bigger than Hob. So yeah. that's why I didn't think it has to be one. I mean, we've got a we've got a litany of of large things that could have the been. The ram and the lizard. And that's it. No. Uh I swear there was another, at least one more. Um, isn't uh, isn't Solomon? Solomon isn't quite as big, but yeah, Solomon, Solomon is big. very big for a human. And there was the um Whoever was hulked out in the tube that wasn't the lizard in that fight. Norson. Was Norson, Norson, Norson right? Norson didn't transform. Norson was just Norson. Was you, he just stronger? You thought, I, I remember we had the discussion where you thought he hulked out and it was like, no, he's just Norson, but looks looks gotcha. crazy. Gotcha. Um, 
So, no, I re you the first time you pointed out, I realized I am using that as a narrative crutch. I need to stop doing that because <laughs> you did want to make Hob the biggest person in the room. <laughs> well, so <laughs> well, I, I don't take back any of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I did not. I did not put it together that it was the Ram, and I. I feel Neither like did I. I feel like it's real dumb, dumb. Uh, I, I mean, and yet, on a level, it's not the Ram. I was about to say, is it the Ram? Which, speaking of dumb, dumb stuff, <laughs> as far as Hob knows, it is. Uh, you're right. It was the Ram's chassis. Yeah, being driven by who knows by what, someone. Yeah, because the commander. When, yeah, when, right, the when somebody said Ram, didn't I, I seem to recall Eric in that character going like, "Huh? Yeah, like, well, what?" Like, as soon as the hood came back, Hob went, oh, come on. And yeah. The person reacted like, well, that's a weird reaction to have in mm -hmm. this situation. Mm -hmm. So, but. Um, yeah, we were getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Because there was another character introduced. There was a new character introduced during this that we need to talk about. Oh, yes. Uh, we, man, we just talked forever <laughs> about to, Listen. To, to nothing. Listen, our, our listeners... Most of our listeners play tabletop role-playing games. They know what it's like to try and make a plan. Right, <laughs> right. I do, you know, it's funny because I started watching Critical Role before I started playing mm -hmm. uh, um, this game. And I remember thinking, they spend so much time on a plan they know will ultimately be abandoned as soon as the first bad guy shows up. Mm -hmm. And it really was, and I was like, oh, no, I get it. That's just how you play. It's just the <laughs> Indian. It's just the game. Okay. Um. Yeah, we go through 67 different scenarios and then finally land on the one. It really was like I was just waiting for Reynard. Hob was just waiting for Reynard to say, I guess I'll do it. Like, good, great, <laughs> fine. It took, <laughs> took a minute. For some reason, I just didn't think you wanted me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We very much wanted you to. In the back of my head, I was like, this seems very obvious, but I don't think they want me to. <laughs> <laughs> they keep talking about other options. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> what it was was, I feel like the, the subtext was, well, if Reynard doesn't do it, then we'll have to get Narn to. If Reynard doesn't do it, then we'll have to get Kath to. And I remember Jeff as Hob distinctly saying, I'm not going to volunteer anyone else for this, but if somebody wants to. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then finally, well, why don't I just do it? <laughs> so... So, and then we spend 10 minutes deciding what you're going to look like and what your accoutrements are going to be. <laughs> Didn't spend that long on the name, though. We kind of nailed it in one there. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, Elfer. First take forcey over here. Uh, I mean, I did not come up with that. I, f I found the elements of it on a null name generator. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so Snaz Gunk Thumb. Yeah. Now, here's a question from Jeff. This is not from a listener. Oh, God. Did Reynard fall in love with Snaz Gunk Thumb? With, <laughs> did Reynard fall in love with being Snaz? Is Snaz coming around again? Snazzy. You know, Reynard likes the arts and the <laughs> and all of that, and uh, um, he likes he liked being being someone else, portraying a character. Goes to see a lot of theater, and he got to do a little theater himself. Call a Beluka. I got a new character for you, Snaz Gunk Thumb. Write a show. And he can he can he can do that anytime. Yeah. <laughs> So, It'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's probably going to come around again. This, this, we had, we had, we had a hundred x episode campaign with a changeling that did it like three times. <laughs> this dingbat's going to be every every arc going to be a different <laughs> something or another. Ah, that was my bad. But so Snaz comes to. We, we decide that the best thing to do is just rile up this person by 
having Reynard pretend to be a new what? What's the word? I mean, immigrant is not the right word, right? Because they're not necessarily a new arrival. Yeah, a new arrival from Droam. Talk a bunch of crap. Hope we start a fight. Mm-hmm. And it works out perfectly. <laughs> it does exactly what we needed it to do. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it snaz? <laughs> perfectly is exactly how I would word it. <laughs> nice punch in the back of the head. <laughs> um, and then fight. And the fight was fun. Yeah. The fight really was silly. Fight. You all set it up well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was good that you had him get a little bit away. Or you let Reynard get a little bit away before the Ram attacked. So mm-hmm. there was couple rounds where it was just them or just Eris I guess was within range too but like I couldn't do anything Kath couldn't do anything we had to think about stuff putting the secondary uh, character the watcher Mm -hmm. the commander all that stuff was pretty great yeah Milo did some stuff for for a while it was a long combat encounter. I was listening to it on the way up and that combat encounter goes for like two and a half episodes yeah yeah I mean it's you all are like the experience amount now. It's like you're dealing with high soak, high yeah. wound threshold enemies. So just by virtue of that, the combats are starting to take a little but, bit longer. But it mostly doesn't get dull. I mean, there's yeah. there's some places where we're kind of like, oh, well. Mm, uh, but yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. it, it was set up to where it doesn't it doesn't feel like a, all right, I hit them again. Yeah. All right, I hit them again. Mm-hmm. Like, which is so easy to get to in a, in a long fight like that. Right. Thanks to Milo, we fundamentally changed uh, one of the conditions in Genesis, uh, finally. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, paralyzed condition on the curse spell. Is that with your web? Yeah. Uh, where it makes them staggered instead of immobilized, mm-hmm. which just doesn't make any sense. But, um, yeah. and then Milo got got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what, 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 what were you going to say? Milo got, got real bad. No, that's what I was saying. I said Milo did stuff for a little while until yeah. he got. I think this obliterated. Is, I'm probably wrong because I <laughs> one punch, I do one not kick, these whatever things. it was. This might be the first time where you went down that Hob didn't also go down. <laughs> Normally, it's pretty quick succession. But uh, it was a fun fight. It was fun trying to figure out what to do. Like he kept trying to run, and we kept trying to stop him. Or do I waste? A, I think I had a crit that made me lose a maneuver. Or I, I could have, I had to do strain for any, I had yeah, no free yeah, maneuver. Yeah. yeah. Basically. And I was really running low on strain mm-hmm. at a certain point. A lot point. of crits. There were a lot of crits. A lot of crits. He got, uh, Ram got critted four, four, four mm-hmm. times. Uh, the commander. Reynard got critted pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did was taking too. Reynard uh, caught one. I caught one. Yeah. I think Eris is the only one who avoided one this time just because she was, she was in Overwatch. She had a nice, that was really fun. I have to say that was really fun getting to, because Eris doesn't, very often get to operate at long range because mm-hmm. just the nature of our business. Um, and so getting to getting to operate at range and be methodical with Eris's weaponry was fun. Yeah. Great. Um, but what we, what we, what, what we come to realize, well, what we, the players for sure, there's no, there's no doubt about that come to realize is that, the if these are the West Wind Riders and they are calling this person commander, well, the Ram wasn't the commander of the West Wind Riders. What is going on? Right. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say Hob has not put that together. I'm not. I'm, I'm going back. I go around and around. Eris is smart, so it's not like unreasonable, the idea. But I'm not. 
but Eris also often stops at her first conclusion. So I'm I'm not hundred percent sure whether I yeah uh, whether I can say that Eris has reached that conclusion. That's my conclusion is that somehow. Well, I guess a question that would be worth asking is whether our characters know if the commander Enemeth in, in, in is dead. Enemeth. Enemeth? Yeah, is okay. an F. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh If Commander Enemeth is dead or not, mm-hmm. because that would be a necessary step for us to assume right. that her soul or their soul uh, mm-hmm. is in the ram. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if Eris has come to that conclusion yet. That's that's Philip's conclusion is that it's not the Ram anymore. It's yeah. this commander Animef, but I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't think Milo could come to any conclusion cause he was out <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he wasn't really in when he came back in. <laughs> he was a little groggy. Reynard was close to out. Hobbit just has a, a, a reasoning block when it comes to the Ram at this point, mm-hmm. after this fourth encounter and all of them have been just extra weird for one reason or another. He's just like, what, anything and whatever, sure. So he just thinks the Ram's back right now and somehow has ingratiated himself to these Westwood riders. But, um, I think we're already at the end of the arc. Yeah. I uh, mean, you, well, we did introduce a character and then no role play of Dr. Maris Pebblefist. Oh, right. The under, underground doctor. We have a mob doctor now. Yeah. From the lesser, the lesser cousin clan of the Stone Knuckles. Got about that. Right. He's got a lot going on because his uncle is currently uh, under close scrutiny from House Orion for his part in stealing from their facility. Is it Maris or Marist? Maris is what okay. I have. Okay, cool. Because I think I think I'm pretty sure Marist is a sect of Catholic monk. Um that, that sounds right. Ma- like <laughs> connect. Like there's Jesuits and like the Marist. Mar- and the, yeah. I think you're right. Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. And maybe their focus is medicine. Who knows? <laughs> it's not out of character. Right. Let's pretend that it is. Who's going to fact check us? A bunch of monks? Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yes. So, we, we, we do have Marius Pebblefist. But the other revelation that was made at the end of this arc was Sigil doing some come clean, uh, particularly with the Gura and the... Um, the um, help me out. I can't think of the term schema. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you. And what he seems to be under the impression, or the impression that they seem to be under, is that if someone could, and correct me if I if I've got this incorrect, there's a chance that someone is working on a way to control Warforged as long as they know what their schema looks or their guru looks like. They can. They they could 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 take them under a thrall essentially yeah remotely yeah and on mass even and that sigils theory as to what was happening with those uh, warforged that you all initially right thought was that they were under the control of mm-hmm. that eldritch machine and that is a big deal yes a huge deal because mm-hmm. even when they were designed as I I, I don't want to make the statement that all warforged always were. At the beginning, killing machines. But when they were designed as weapons of war, they were still autonomous. Mm-hmm. Like they had to choose to follow the orders they were given. They had to choose to act. They had to have. They had the freedom to execute how they needed to or wanted to. Right. Yeah. I mean. So yeah, this would be this would be robots. This would be yeah correct yeah. 
Candidates would call it a firmware update, but <laughs> uh, uh, that is gross. Yeah, no. it is. Ugh. But that's absolutely <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah uh. And and uh, there's actually there's a question from one of the listeners about that. We didn't talk about it much in character or on the show. I don't know if that was because we just needed to be winding down or. I mean, it may just not hit us like it normally. I think all of us were pretty, at least three of the four of us were really banged up. Like, Raynard, Milo, and, and Hob were all kind of like, can we just go home? Yeah. Or to a doctor or to somewhere that I can feel better. So, yeah. I think that might have had something to do with it. But let us jump into, unless, I, again, if any of you have anything you'd like to add or say about this arc, anything that I've missed, uh, I'm okay. Okay, great. Let's jump into some questions from our listeners. As always, if you have questions about this, the previous arc, you can ask them on our Discord. Um, if you need access to the Discord, you can find it through our Facebook page, through our... Uh, there's a link on our Twitter as well, right? Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram, YouTube. YouTube channel. Yep. And all of those things are www.whatever.com slash thegeekpantheon. Yep. Right. Right, so that that's that's how you find us. Our first question is from Leopard for Eric. She wants to know what source you pulled the Westland Rider. Is it Westland or West Wind? West Wind. Okay, the West Wind Riders from. Uh, sounds like a commander's name from a source book, but she was wondering what's up. Uh, well, the West Wind Riders are in um, Eberron canon. Not my portrayal of them, but them as an organization are canonically Eberron. Um, pretty much everything outside of the name and the fact that they are a subsect of the Breelish army, uh, is whole cloth. Just me. You want to know a funny thing? What? Uh, in my portrayal of Barrick, that is the military unit that I intended Uruk to have commanded. There you go. Um, <laughs> obviously with a very different portrayal than yes. what you've given. Right? <laughs> um, but I also thought, no, oh, that's a nice name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, th- I just kind of, I, Honestly, it was, I need a name of a subtext of the British military that were uh, militant radicals. And I found Western writers were like, that's a good name. And then the commander's name, I think, I think I used a name generator. I know that's not the funnest answer, but I think that's what I did. Um, is I went to one of those websites that has like a bunch of different cultural name generators and used one of those. So there you go. Yeah, when you when you would use a name generator, you get I mean, when I use a name generator, I get snap gun thumb. Woo! It is really like the computer knows us when, yes. when what, we, what, what we think about dumb stuff. Okay, Baron uh, wants to know: Are the characters at levels, or what would be the equivalent level in a five in the five E system for these characters? That's tricky. That's tough. To... Short answer is no. Yeah, because there are Genesis no levels. has no levels. Um. I would say, based on the number of stuff we can do, we would definitely be level ten or over. Yeah. Um, so we'd be, well, we'd be in the third tier of play. I would say, in terms of the number of abilities we have and things like that. I think that's I think that's fair, but I also think that you can quantify it different ways. Like two of my feats are just to get more wounds, that's just true. to live longer. Yeah, yeah that's right? true. I could have taken animal companion and. Uh, you know, wind walker or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. with those. And, yeah. And it would have seemed like I was at a much higher level at that point. Yeah. Or than, you could play like Trevor where you value the experience points more than the ability <laughs> to And so 
So Trevor just likes having a big number on his character. He likes to curl up on his XP hoard <laughs> and defend it from all villagers. I'm just, I'm still doing okay where I'm at. <laughs> I do need to upgrade after this last fight. <laughs> but so, so I think I, I, well, I love well, how you treat it like a savings account. Like I'm not going to spend it unless I need it. <laughs> like, so I, I agree that like based just on our abilities, like, yeah, we're, we are high level. It's, it's weird because in Genesis, like our offensive capability is very high. Yes, mm-hmm. but Genesis, your as you were pointing out, your defensive capability doesn't increase much. Eris has not got. Eris has the same number of wounds that she had at the beginning of the campaign, and she actually has less strain because she had to cybernetically fix yeah. herself. Uh, so my strain threshold has actually gone down since yeah. the start of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And from a design standpoint, the intent behind that is to not hit the level 12 adventurers fighting the kobolds where it's right. just mm-hmm. your gods. You, you, you sideswipe them away. Like anything is a threat in Genesis is kind of the, the hope anyway. Yeah. I think there's the spell availability leveling thing that might make us seem like a higher level in some, like the things that Milo can do would be like level six spells in D and D, which would make necessitate him being what level 10, nine, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But outside of those spells, if you look at what Milo can do, it's more like level six or seven. <laughs> Maybe because he's yeah, the, Maybe. He's, with AC and hit points and things. So it's it's yeah, it is tricky to think of in that in that way. But we we are certainly we would have been playing for a while in D anD D to get to this point. That is for sure. I mean, we have been playing for a while. In- yes, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> All right, Ophelia wants to know. Uh, what opportunities for crossover and plot elements are there from campaign one? Are there any campaign one NPCs or elements that each of you would love to see? So let's let Eric answer the overall and then. Um, unless we do some kind of multiversal weird thing, then no. Like the, the timelines are are separate uh, in totality from campaign one. This is a different Eberron. Um, so yeah, unless I decided to get wonky with the planes and, and something like that, then there isn't really any outside of seeing, seeing a like like you all spotted Orgev outside the mm-hmm. lightning rail. Mm-hmm. Technically, I guess that would be a crossover, except it's a different right. Orgev. Um, yeah, canon canon characters doesn't feel yeah. like a crossover. Um, so, and it would just feel uh, we we started campaign two with the intention that we didn't want people to have to have listened to campaign one to hop into this, and so thank goodness, right, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to campaign one. <laughs> I wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so keeping things as easy as possible for those listeners is kind of my, uh, my hope. So, yeah. Uh, as far as anything that we would like to see come out of, or from campaign one, um, if, if, if they did take place in the same timeline, just, you know, X years in the future or whatever, I would have expected Eric to have thrown in a little Easter egg somewhere about, about Cassian and Oriana being okay or not. Sure. Um, you know, sorry. You, you added or not into that sentence. We would have absolutely expected Eric to throw an Easter egg in about how they are in fact. Okay. (laughs) I would have wanted expected is different. (laughs) That's fair. And let's not pretend that they're not out there chasing danger. Well, yeah, but, um, as far as elements, I don't know. I expected more, 
uh, after after the Eberron that I was sold in campaign one, I expected more flying boats. Uh, <laughs> we, do have, many, we do have one. I know. We, we, we have a little one. Yeah. <laughs> we have an actual flying boat. <laughs> that we call a car instead of a flying ship that we call a boat. <laughs> anyway, that's about it. Uh, I would... I would very much enjoy appearances by Thorin Stone Knuckle. Like, yeah, Thorin is just such a delight in his very reasonable reactions to the madness going on around him. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I say bring back the angels. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> He's still out there looking for decks. I don't really have any. I'm kind of on the Thorin bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> well, tough. <laughs> I mean, the the only back when it was uncertain, it was up in the air whether or not we were going to continue the timeline or start fresh. Um, the only cameo that I had in my head that would have been cool is if we did a decade or so time jump in the future. Um, I was going to have um, grown up Cassian pop in as like, uh, super cool adventurer using a ribbon weave, like very self-possessed uh, son of a storm lord kind of thing. Um, but that that was the the only scene that I played out in my head that would have been a fun a fun yeah. thing to drop in. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean there are ten thousand things that we don't remember from campaign one that I'm sure all of us could could have said just yeah. now, but. Sometimes I think about the breadth of campaign one. I'm like, oh yeah, we did all of that. Yeah. Like somebody mentioned something like the the dragon horde underground. Yeah. Friend ending thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that did happen. And that whole arc was a thing that happened that I had forgotten about. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Farron asks, does Eberron have coffee, or is there an equivalent? If so, where would it grow? Considering that in real life it grows mainly between the tropics. So um, I know in in canon, Keith Baker talks about Tal, which is halfling tea that is a caffeinated hot beverage that people frequently uh, drink. I don't know if Eberron specifically has like coffee beans that are roasted, ground up, and then prepared in a I, variety of ways. I can't think of it being occurring in a source book. Yeah, I'm sure. It, there's Zen, no reason Zen, for I mean, it not I can to. tell you our Zen Eberron does because we've mentioned drinking coffee yeah, before also, on this show. I, it has... It only occurred to me because of this question, but Eris has got to be a coffee fiend. Yeah. Right? Eris has got to always be very Only because caffeinated. they don't have fantasy Red Bull. You know Galanda has energy drinks out there that are just like... <laughs> no, they just have smack. <laughs> That's probably very true. Um, but yeah, Zendrick would be where it would grow, I imagine. That's a I mean, very tropical... Uh, Breland is tropical. Oh, yeah, Breland has true. rainforest. Yeah, Breland has rainforest. Dargoon has rainforest. So lots of places. That was the one that I, that I said in the Discord. I was like, I actually know the answer to this. I read some things. That was that Tal was the big part of it. But yeah, the, I remember it says that there's a tropical rainforest in the east of Dargoon. Well, that's probably where Eris that, got in got that, into coffee. There you go. Is, that carries over into uh, Brelin. And I'm sure there are lots of insufferable people that will talk to you at no length about the distinct differences between mm-hmm. Dargoon, Brelish, and Zendrick coffee right we'll see in zendrick right. they they pass it through a gibbering <laughs> mouther uh and then harvest and, and then collect the room what's left zendrick coffee is made by drow and is mildly poisonous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but boy is it worth it if you survive you will that extra kick you will not sleep that day uh, following on to that 
Eris definitely drinks some sort of absurdly strong Dargoon version of coffee. Like something. it's thick. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the Turkish uh, style coffee where you leave yeah. the grounds and you just um, <laughs> pour the water on the grounds and drink that's it. That's absolutely what it is. That is absolutely what it is. You can't handle that. Like Greek style, Turkish style, <laughs> Mediterranean coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that it's there for them, but it is not for me. <laughs> Becca wants to know whatever his favorite beverage is. Oh, because it's from Becca. We know it's it's us and not characters. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> hmm. I mean, mine's coffee. Like I, I like coffee. So. Yep, coffee here, no question. I mean, I guess it's so favorite. You can say Doctor Pepper. I mean, well, it's like, okay. <laughs> well, but like, there are lots of things where if they are available and it's appropriate for me to drink them, I will absolutely pick them over Doctor Pepper. Fair enough. Like, but would you want to drink them all? The so yeah, I guess that, it's true. yeah. What's See, your go-to drink thing. versus what's your favorite drink? Yeah. there are some things that I would not want to have every day that I absolutely yeah. enjoy. Dr. Pepper is certainly my go-to drink, but I really, really like mead. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, 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 I love a good like hazy IPA or like you mm -hmm. know juicy IPA, but. Obviously, like dishwater. Obviously, I'm not snagging one of those at three o'clock on a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Belgian ale, but give me the coffee, I guess. I mean, for alcoholic Belgian style is mezcal margarita. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Mezcal's so good. I ordered one at Casadores the other day, and mm -hmm. the server goes, "Are you sure?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Have you had it before?" And I was like. Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was concerned for your weight to alcohol ratio. <laughs> well, he was like, everyone that gets it sends it back because they say it's gross. And I was like, yeah, I know what it tastes like. Bring it to me. <laughs> what is this? Mezcal. It's oh, just mezcal. like it's got a really smoky flavor. Yeah. Um, Non-alcoholic. I usually go with unsweet tea, which apparently is another appalling option. In this uh, part of the country. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's my actual go-to is yeah. like take a, take a sweet tea. And take that amount of sweetness down about ninety six percent, to where it's just like, oh, this tea's hurt of sugar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. Yep. Um, I like I like unsweet tea. That's good stuff. I mean, since it kind of became alcoholic versus non alcoholic, a really well made mule is, I think, my top tier alcoholic beverage that I I, I will order most places, and then be disappointed because few places make a really well made mule, but. Anyway, they need to refrigerate the little mugs because it just gets watery if they don't. Anyway, Crow wants to know what are the relationships like between Kath and Sauna's parents? What's the dynamic like? Um, let's take that one first and then yeah. we'll do the second one. Um, so, Kath and Sauna's, uh, Kath's parents are in a loving, committed relationship, and Sauna's parents are in a loving, committed relationship. Um, but there's a Venn diagram overlap. Yeah, yes, yes. It's, it's a V shape, uh, not a triangle. Um, Why are we being so cryptic? They, they, they have the same mom and different dads, yeah. but they all are in a in a working relationship together. But but they're not. But I was trying to make the, the distinction that the dads are not in a relationship together. The, the dads have no romantic tie to each. Yeah, they are very good friends and enjoy mm -hmm. spending time together. But yeah, there is no romantic uh, link between the dads. So that is that is the living situation, and everybody's happy with it. So yeah, they. I mean, and we we have met them. I, I don't know. If, yeah, if, yeah. There's been a uh, few it was, scenes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the first time yeah. we meet them is when you really kind of unity dinner, right? Yeah, the yeah. unity dinner downtime episode. Yeah, is where we first learn about the relationship and really see them interact with each other. Everybody was so focused on Kath, yeah, for his funeral that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's it's a different whole different ball game of that dynamic. But um, yeah, and then uh, another question from Crow: How concerned are you slash your characters about what Sigil revealed at the end of the arc? Uh, I'm deeply concerned because that's exactly the sort of thing Eric would do to us. Uh, <laughs> so I, as a person, am deeply as a player, I'm deeply concerned about how Eric's going to turn Sigil against us with a remote control. Uh, outside of that, Hob, Hob hasn't put it together yet. Not too worried if Ahsoka's so bad. Did we learn? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well said. Um, did we find out we still don't really know who was trying to do it, right? Right. No, you just know it was in a Kenneth facility. We're not a hundred percent sure that someone's right. trying to do it. Sure. This is this is the sigil hypothesis they've come up with, but what one could do with this technology? There you go. Yeah. Um, what sigil might do if they had that technology? And, then, <laughs> and wasn't there a time when one of the whatever those episodes are, whatever we call those episodes, Downtime. to where? Yeah, where Sigil had to go in, and there was a tweak. There was a that was a flashback. That was a flashback. A flashback. To, uh, the reason Sigil wasn't in the morning was because they were sent to Sean okay. for yeah tweaking. So, yeah, Eris is conflicted because she actually has a fairly. Um, this hasn't really been something that Eris has got that there's any reason for Eris to express other than by being. Uh, being awkward whenever it comes up because it usually comes up very negatively. Eris has a pretty high view of, of Kenneth um, uh, as a, as a Chiron, what she sees as a Chiron institution that, that survived and did handle, handled itself well and, and, and dug its way out of the mess of the morning, as opposed to the Chiron Royal family, which are all just, you know, failures in Eris's mind. Um, Eris is a very fair-minded person. Yeah, if you rationally gotten, and fair. If you haven't gotten that impression <laughs> yet, Eris is Eris really thinks through stuff and comes to carefully reasoned conclusions. Um, so Eris, obviously, it would be very bad for that to be done, but Eris is like, well, okay. I mean, you know, by the same token, we could weaponize elementals instead of using them to power ships, but you know, we haven't done that. Yeah. Except, of course, that Eris literally has, but she doesn't think of it that way. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? All right. <clears throat> Crow's final question. Uh, for the players, what's your favorite season? Fall. Fall. Is that is that what the answer I, means? I genuinely think that's what... Yeah, I don't, I not thought, your favorite seasoning. I thought... No, I thought of... I read it as like... Season one and season two of Eberron Renewed. Oh. Which is because it wasn't there something about NPCs after that or something like that? For players, for players slash Eric and for characters slash NPCs. I see. Okay. So maybe I'm wrong then. So I, I totally which, which version of my DMing style did you like more? Season one? <laughs> I was actually please, I, like, I enjoy, don't answer that. I'm please. waiting to see what season three holds. <laughs> I enjoy the cohesion of this character group more than I, I, I think this character group is logical and makes sense well as a, as a unit. That um, is true. More than campaign one. And There's that. zero reason Dex and Barrick should have been friends. And that movie other than, stuck around with Other them. than the world being in danger, right. they'd have, you know, gone their separate ways. So anyway, that's, but that's not apparently not the question. Um, spring. Spring. Yeah, I'm going to go spring. I've started to like gardening. There it is. Fall. Yeah. 
couple falls, a couple springs. We're, None of us like summer we because are, we live in a part of the world where summer is just yeah, very we are unpleasant. Equinox people, not solstice people. And winter is all, Unpredictable. all the nastiness and none of the pretty. Winter, yeah. winter should be our favorite because it's fall and spring all rolled into one. <laughs> it just oscillates week to <laughs> Plus week. Plus winter. <laughs> it's just you never know which. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as far as characters, I have no idea that Sharn doesn't really have seasons where Hob lives. It's pretty much just <laughs> we're too low to get we're too low down to get the seasons. Yeah, he remembers spring from when he was in Droem. <laughs> he calls it being nice. All the baby raptors running around. <laughs> I, no, that's Talenta, not Droem. You yeah, know what? Never. Who cares? There could be raptors in Droem. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, yeah, there it is. Sold. Is there a particular season in Eberron that is full of like festivals and lots of things going on? Year round. Yeah, they, they have holidays year round. Um, so I'm not any more party in Charn. <laughs> I was gonna say miles would be whatever that would be. Yeah, especially owning a bar that would mean more business coming in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Crow has another question. Uh, these, these, these were not all asked consecutively. They just asked questions. You know. uh, anyway, Eris, what gadget is next, barring anything needed for the missions? Do you, do, do you have a just, I want to make something cool gadget for Eris, Philip? Usually, yeah. I've usually got a few different sort of things where I'm trying to work out how would I, how would I do it um, within the rules, usually. Like, uh, Eris, I mean, Eris's weapon, the Fletcher, is powered by an air elemental, Tasha is an air elemental, so Eris thinks it's pretty logical that she should be able to install a Fletcher on Tasha's bird body and let Tasha shoot things. Um, but I haven't worked out how that would work within the rules yet. Um, Eris has been... Eris has some upgrade ideas for the gauntlet uh, to give it some offensive capabilities. And usually she's got some kind of idea for some improvement to the, to the ship. Um, and then she's also started to be decent at alchemy. Uh, so she's playing around with chemistry sets also. Um, but most of that has to do with long-term plans regarding Vigo. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, so... Uh, Laura wants to know why is Hob only supposed to cast spells during combat? That's actually written in in the feat or in the talent. It says during a. It might say encounter, but I've always read that as combat. Uh, unless, uh, but Eric typically lets me if there's a good reason, or if it's prepping for combat, like to cast barrier on somebody right before a com- a fight might start. Uh, Eric's been pretty benevolent in that because there's also there's actually a second tier of that talent that would be a zero sum thing for me to take, and so I've never moved past that level to see what's next. So as of right now, I'm constrained to combat for my spell casting. Okay, so so Jeff, that's not me. We have a Jeff in the Discord uh, has a question. It, are you guys ready for Crunch Corner? Yeah. Here we go. I think. Are you looking it up? Is that why you got the book out? Nice. Anticipated this. All right, so Jeff wants to know, just a general rules question, as I'm going to be jamming a campaign with magic in Genesis soon. According to rules as written, a spell that can benefit from concentration lasts until the end of the character's next turn. 
So I thought that meant that if the player didn't use a maneuver to concentrate, the spell still lasted until the end of the next turn. In episode 83, though, as soon as Milo elected to do something else, the invisibility dropped right away on his current turn. Is this something you changed to mesh up more closely to the D&D feel? Do I have it wrong? And by I, I don't mean me. I mean Jeff. And by Jeff, I don't mean me. I mean that guy. Um, and I did not do that on purpose. That just happened, to, uh, sadly, organically. Okay, so we just off mic, I cut it, but I pulled up the book. We read Rules as Written and kind of had a little discussion around the table to make sure that we were uh, understanding it. And yes, yeah, so to answer your question, um, it, it got overlooked, I guess, that invisibility dropped as soon as the spell got cast. Uh, rules is written the way it should have worked is when Milo cast um, uh, another spell that requires concentrate and chooses to use a maneuver to concentrate on that new spell or chooses to not use concentrate uh, on the invisibility spell. The invisibility should have lasted until the end of his turn. So hypothetically, Philip, to your point, because you don't have to concentrate on that initial casting, mm -hmm. you could have a round of overlap where you use the maneuver on invisibility, cast the new spell. Uh -huh. That would last until the end of the next turn, and that's the point where you have to make the decision on which, which spell one are you concentrating. Okay. Um, so, yes, if you choose to continue to concentrate, I think from a technical rule standpoint, because of our understanding, Randy didn't choose to concentrate on invisibility, maybe because we didn't know. Like, but anyway. So the spell lasts until the end of the turn, not as soon as a new spell is cast. So, um, yeah, there wasn't an intentional choice to make it closer to D&D. &D, um, just because I I try not to do that too much because we're playing Genesis and I want it to be Genesis. Um, it's just making it feel like Eberron is the difficulty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Um, but thank you for the question. All right. And our last question is from Laura. Round the table. Well, actually, that's not true because Eric knows the answer. I'll give my thoughts. <laughs> what does everyone think is going on with the Ram? I think we've pretty well answered that from a character perspective. Um, as far as a player perspective, yeah, like I'm convinced that this commander has been reincarnated into the ram and that's a bad thing <laughs> that's yeah that's my interpretation too um and they're probably less than pleased that this was the body they chose considering the enemies that it seems to have i made they maybe they didn't have a choice <laughs> we'll find out i mean I, they probably didn't have a choice Reynard dragged them out of the afterlife and stuffed them into the ram <laughs> By being bad at magic. <laughs> Not purposely. <laughs> I said by being bad at magic. Yeah, that, was, that was insinuated. At least it was him and not Milo this time. <laughs> Seems to recall not wanting to do that, but being asked to anyway. <laughs> that is also fair. That's, that that is a fair point. That is certainly not how I recall it. Well, anyway, <laughs> this has been Eberron Reviewed. We're going to stop recording this and immediately jump into our next arc. We're very excited. Play around the table. Thank you all so much for listening. I've already mentioned all the socials and everything earlier, so rewind, I guess. <laughs> um, and we will catch you next week. In the meantime, I've been Jeff. I have been Philip. I'm Trevor. I'm Randy. And I'm Eric. Great night.